Hello, or should I say ho, ho, ho. I'm Peter Rise, and you're about to listen to episode 175 of the Stages podcast. It's our finale for series three. And what better way to celebrate than with a Christmas episode? We've arrived at episode 175, our final in this series of stages. Series three, that is. It's been a monumental year and we've been able to navigate through it, completing 68 conversations with artists, creatives and many dynamic roles in the theatre, defining a score of stages and providing terrific insight to the business we call show. It's no wonder we need a little Christmas. So to finish off the year, we are joined by some of Stage's favourites to shed some merriment and reminiscences of the festive season on Stage's and off. We'll hear some Christmas tunes and celebrate St Nick with Kate Fitzpatrick, Rhonda Birchmore, Ron Crager, Brian Castles Onion and Geraldine Turner. The perfect company to accompany you as you wrap your presents, toast with eggnog and blast the air conditioner on Christmas Eve. Lovely. There Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas, Kate. Merry Christmas. Oh, Ching, that's a lovely sound, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Especially it, when it's got champagne in the glass. Is that the first time you've heard that this Christmas period? It is. Really? Yeah, I know. Incredibly, it is. I've, I've had a bit of white wine kind of drinking, but... doesn't make the same no. clink, does no, it? No, it doesn't. Um, well, thank you for coming on and, and, and um, co-hosting this Christmas episode. You were the last guest... On the final episode of series um, two of the podcast at the end of 2019, and you're doing the same for 2020. So I'm very, very honoured to be here. Well, that's all I can say. I'm your, thrilled. Your episode garnered a lot of attention, and a lot of people said, "Get Kate back. Get Kate back to tell some stories." So hopefully, okay. um, you'll tell a few today. All right. All right. And and this is a nice episode, listener, for you to uh, to to listen to on Christmas Eve as you uh, do those. Last minute wrapping of the presents. Yes. Have you wrapped all your presents, Kate? I have nearly. I've got to get something more for my mum, and I and I've got to get another book. Right. I thought. I, I, I think I, I've already bought one copy of it, but I think that I might buy another. Well, good luck battling the last minute. I know. <laughs> but if you go to my beautiful bookshop, they wrap them for you. Oh well, so you don't See, have to worry about I, buying Christmas paper. No, it's paper. just fantastic. Oh, excellent. I know. Without do you want to, you mm. want to give them a plug? I do. The Potts Point Bookshop is the most oh, wonderful. Oh, they're gorgeous. They are so... Anna and those boys and, and Tim girls there. And Tim works there too, doesn't he? Tim works there. Yeah. My God, I know. Adorable. Yeah. And Stephen, who lives in my building, he works there as well. Oh, excellent. I know. Right. It's a bit kind Pot, of... Potts Point Bookshop. Neighbourhoopy. <laughs> <laughs> neighbourhood. Gee, what a year 2020 has been. <gasps> the hey? year of the rat. The year of the rat. I mean, yes, that big rat the big uh, orange rat uh, yes, and all the other there. rats. Uh, My uh, God. But starting with the bushfires and Black Lives Matter, mm, COVID-19. Mm, it's been appalling. Does it feel like Christmas? Well, it's starting to feel like Christmas. <laughs> sounds like a song. Well, it's, yes, it, I mean, it, it. it's different. I know that. I know my sister lives in America and they're not, she always has big Christmases with all these people and that's not happening. And But I am going for the first time to my son's house with my granddaughter i mean i've been there before but yes but this is your first christmas as a grandmother first christmas as a granny with a six-month-old who's actually trying to feed herself you know with spoons and things Uh, uh, can't wait what are you called are you are you grandma or granny granny i said i said if granny's good enough for the queen it's good enough for me that's what i thought so how's your year been have you you battled it okay well 
I mean, thanks to Centrelink, I've managed to... <laughs> oh, I mean, it's been a terrible time for the arts community, Not haven't they? They're, they're an industry that has really suffered. But, yes, um, they have. Being they an actor have. trying to, to uh, navigate your way through the years must, must being be... Being an elderly actor trying to totter <laughs> between the cracks has not been good this year. It's been sort of... Well, I've done voiceover stuff and, you know, things. But the terrible thing is now, well, for months, you had to do it at home. And I'm not very good at that. Self- the self-tape. Yes, yeah. the self-testing. Shocking. I've done some really appalling... I didn't even know you're supposed to put it sort of on the side, you know, to shoot. Oh, in... Um, <laughs> when you're shooting a sort of self In landscape, right? Yes, you're supposed to... Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't get any of those jobs. And then I discovered that these two gorgeous young actors on my floor of my building, they have this halo light that has a microphone through the centre of it and they have a sheet that they hang on their wall and they now do my tapes oh, for me. Oh, go in there and direct and produce for they you. Are in, they do it for themselves but they said and they don't charge me. They are unbelievable. I did pay a couple of people for some very I, I was I was sort of in the running for a couple of huge jobs so I did pay a couple of people to do the test but I still didn't get the job. Well that's nice to hear that they're respecting their elders I mean, and I mean that yes, respectfully for you too you're one, of our, you're one of our elders in the, in the I, acting community. I, I am, I am I have to, I have to admit it as um, much as I don't want to. But, but at, at the best of times even though you know non-COVID times um, do you think actors of a certain age are invisible? Yeah, yeah. well women of a certain age are invisible too I think. Right, right. I mean, unless you've got money. If you've got money, you, the only way that you ever go... People say, oh, can't you find a partner or there must be someone... Lo-. I said, well, if I had won the lotto, I said, there'd probably be a queue. It'd be very attractive. <laughs> I'd be incredibly... Because the only old girls I know that have boyfriends are, you know, have got a bit of stuff in the bank. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. I know that's shocking. Am I going too far? No, no, no. I think, I th- I think it's, it's it's Christmas after all. I, well, I it mean, is. And we're, we're having we the bubbly. Well we may as well share. Yeah, it's exactly. a type of sharing. Have you re- returned to the theatre and, and live performance yet? I did. I have. Oh, no, me performing. Yeah. No, 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 as oh, an audience uh, member. It, yeah. Yes, I did. Last night I went to the Opera House and saw the divine and incredible Amber McMahon performing outrageously as usual. And a wonderful cast, I thought. I, I enjoyed it. It was weird, though. I sat there in my seat with seats, you know, vacant beside me. And right. and it is optional to wear a mask at the at the drama theatre. Right. They kind of say you do, but then they say, oh, well, you don't have to. Right. I and, saw uh, Dorian Gray during the month. Oh, and um, exciting. Yes, masks were compulsory. It was a terrific production. But, um, Did that make a, it hard? It's very uncomfortable, I think, sitting there with a the mask on uh, yeah. through, the, through the performance. But uh, fortunately, the, the production and the performance was excellent and, and held our attention. Yes, well, this was too. It was the, the cast were incredible, you know, really. I mean, the second act was so funny and so shocking that it kind of... I don't know, I don't remember anything much else about it. I can see this, I shouldn't tell you, because that will spoil it. I well, can see, I think, I can see I this dining table. The you know, season's the- finished by now, it's Christmas Eve. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you can talk about it. See, can we edit that? No, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm that's just reminding you of what day it is. Of course, I'm sorry. Oh. I mean, I did love the kind of, I've always wanted to do it, you know, pull a... The tablecloth. The tablecloth off mm. it. And then, but they went further, upended the table yeah. as well. And I think Amber McMahon carving a turkey is something that I will never forget. It's like, it's 
start off with a few slices and as she got more and more kind of angry and worked up you know there were limbs being actually wrenched from the carcass and then there was sort of this terrible <laughs> like chopping hatchet kind of motion went on it was quite incredible what's a piece of stage business that you remember fondly or enjoy having to do eight times a week I did I've always been bad with props I don't like holding handbags or you know stuff like that in fact, I mean, as you get older, you kind of realise a handbag is a wonderful thing. I'm trying to think what I... I, I you'll have to ask me something else while I think about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be this longer of a kind of epic... Longer. Um, one of the last times I, I saw you perform was in at the Ensemble in a David Williamson play set on an ocean liner. Yes, exactly. Cruise um, control. And there were various dinner scenes. Well, that... Lots of props to deal with. Lots there. of props. Yeah, yeah I don't... Don't mind that as much. I mean, on film, I remember many years ago uh, doing Boney in, in Orange, you know, it would have been 1972 or something. And, we, and it was shot on film and it was kind of, and you had to be very careful about continuity. And uh, Sue Milligan, in fact, was the continuity girl and she was absolutely, like, severe about it all. And she, on my days off, I had to get her cups of tea and learn continuity. But I remember sort of sitting down, it was the first time I'd ever eaten anything on film and it was quite delicious you know so I ate it and then I had to do it about 10 more times it was a nightmare and that, I mean that's why you see actors going you know you see, oh just eating yeah a, eating, a tiny oh, little bit nobody eats like that they just yeah. nibble on a piece of food they nibble on a bit of food yeah. because of course they may have to do it five or six times and of course in, and, and if you eat a lot the way I did I was really hungry or something and I ate you know what it was some chicken and some stuff I had to do it at least six times and then you have to remember where you had your fork and knife at various points during the course of the thing right while, continuity while mm. continuity now, do you have a favorite uh, Christmas carol or Christmas song I like all the old religious ones What's the difference, actually, between a carol and a song? I imagine it's because the baby Jesus is mentioned somewhere. In it, well, yes, know, I mean, carol. they're more religious in carols. Yeah. Like, one of the most beautiful Christmases I ever had was in England when I lived there. And um, Juliet Willis, one of my great friends, was married to Bob Willis, you know, the now sadly dead fast, great fast bowler. And um, we went to her family in Wiltshire for Christmas for four days or something. And they they overlooked the, you know, that incredible white horse on the cut into the cliff? You know, they, you actually see it from their place. And we all went to church, and I mean, ang- you know, I'm a Catholic, or, you know, lapsed, went to this Anglican, beautiful stone church, and it was snowing, and we were inside the church and singing these hymns, and it was, it was like one of those movies, you know what I mean? It was absolutely... I even had... Um, on Christmas Day, we had most delicious some poor bird that had been shot, and I got a little bit of buckshot in there. <laughs> I kept it for years. Tiny little bit of shot. On your plate? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lucky I've got strong teeth. Poor old bird. I know. Seeing I love birds so much, I kind of... It was a partridge or something. Right. Being clobbered. Well, it's great to have you here doing the final episode for, for this season. Um, it's episode 175. <gasps> Can you believe I've done 75 conversations Congratulations. this year? Congratulations. I think that's Thank fantastic. You. Yeah, I'm really So chuffed. wonderful and so interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, we were able to plough through 2020. Um, Zoom was a great, great discovery because it allowed me to talk to to various people all over the world. So Fantastic. Are you using Zoom much, talking to friends? No, never done it. Really? Mm. No, my my brother, I I sort of WhatsApp my mother some when I can't. Okay, which is a similar sort of thing. Which is a similar sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, during this episode today, we've got a a great lineup, a few friends uh, which we're going to visit for their Christmas reflections and also some festive music. And uh, so why don't now we go to a conversation that I recorded earlier in the week with Geraldine Turner and maestro Brian Castle's Onion, who happens to be presently in rehearsal for the Australian Opera's production of The Merry Widow. Well, two guests that I've had on the Stages podcast who have been very popular, so popular, in fact, that they've both done two episodes each. Uh, my favourite, one of my favourite couples, we can call them uh, Grian or Bejadine, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Castle's Onion and Geraldine Turner. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, P. Bar humbug. <laughs> We're sitting in your lovely kitchen and just over in the dining room. We've just eaten a pie. I know, I know. A Christmas pie. Christmas pie. Um, Your Christmas tree's up. How long have you had your Christmas tree? Because, you know, having spent a few Christmases with you, um, it's certainly... The decorations are gorgeous. I've collected them over the years. But I'm just like Ethel Merman. I never take it down. Did Ethel Merman not take a Christmas tree? No, apparently not. (laughs) She couldn't be bothered, so she left it up all year gathering dust. Isn't that amazing? It was an artificial tree, I guess. Well, I'm guessing that, yes. Right. She had it year in, year out, apparently. Oh, there you go. You learn something every day, Pete, <laughs> don't you? So it's, uh, this is the, the, um, the Christmas episode of, of the Stages podcast, our last one for um, 2020. What a shit of a year it's been. Yes, it'd be good for it to see the end of 2020, won't it? It, it will be nice, uh, indeed. But um, I, I'm just talking to a few people through... Uh, uh, the lead up to Christmas and talking about, you know, your experiences as performers and as the maestro that you are, Brian, uh, performing at Christmas. Well, Brian, you go first. You did all those Christmas concerts at the Opera House a couple of years ago. They, they were fantastic, but people weren't used to going to the Opera no, House to well, something like that. it's a tradition in the UK, like... Yeah, um, the, like pantomime. And in New York, they have the... Um, the Radio the Rockets, City. Yeah, the Radio yeah City. but we had two, two different programs and um, the... The, most, in, the <laughs> most interesting one was <laughs> Claude being a reindeer. Sorry, was um, uh, sing along <laughs> Christmas carols, and I had to do warm up vocal warmers with the orchestra. It was the audience, two and a half thousand people there. We had a, a seventy piece orchestra, but yeah, I got the audience to sing along, and and um, I did vocal warm ups, and it was the um, I did opera warm ups like me 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 or money 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 when. And then the old baritone warm up where they go, hemorrhoid, hemorrhoid. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, two and a half thousand people in the concert hall of the opera, I was going, hemorrhoid. And I had to make some sort of terrible joke about that. You know, the biggest hemorrhoid in the, in the opera house. You're cheating. Anyway, that's, that's my story. Do you have a favourite Christmas carol? I used to love collecting uh, recordings of opera singers singing Christmas um, songs. No, I like Jesus Bambino. Um, That's something baby, is it? What does that translate to? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it has, oh, come let them adore me in, in, in the chorus of it. No, it's a, yeah, I like all those sort of things. I like Oh Holy Night. And, um, Can't beat that. No. Yeah. Right. It says it's Christmas. And Maria Vegan Lead right. um, is 
um, another favourite of mine. And Jordine, you would have been performing quite a bit at Christmas time in some yeah. of the, the big musicals that you've done over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember when a couple of times, particularly when I did Oliver in 1984, we, we, we must have done a Christmas Eve show because we rehearsed lots of harmonies, Christmas carols and stuff, and did it after the show for the audience, which was great. And same thing happened at Sydney Theatre Company because they always used to, when they did musicals at Sydney Theatre Company, and I appeared in many of them, um, it was always that December, January, February period that we did the shows. And I remember when we did A Little Night Music, when I played Desiree, um, opposite the lovely John Waters, uh, we, we finished the show, we left the stage after the bows, the audience got up to leave, and then we wandered back on singing. And it was that lovely thing you see sometimes in movies where the audience stops and starts to wander back, and they all came back and sat down in the theatre again. All of them? Well, most of them did. Mm. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was a really, really, really lovely thing. Yeah, they're, mm. they're nice times. You've got to love show folk. And I love you too. Oh, well, the I both love of you. you. Too. Happy you too. Christmas, P. U T O. Happy Christmas, you. everywhere, everyone out there in podcast land. Let's go into uh, uh, you singing. Uh, it's sort of a Christmas song. It's Christmas related. I don't remember Christmas. You're a bit negative, but. <laughs> well, it's the only Christmas song I could find that you've done. We've recorded. <laughs> I don't remember Christmas. Bye. Happy Christmas! And it started again, and I meant every word. And I liked what I said, and I liked what I heard. And I started to think I could think about starting again. We were laughing again over memories and wine, and the years in between didn't seem a long time. When he smiled, I knew why. In a while it was starting again I was standing in the bedroom when it suddenly came clear That at last I don't remember that at one time you were here All that stuff that used to haunt me like your robe behind the door For the first time I don't notice that they're not here anymore And I don't remember summer, I do not remember fall So it's possible December never happened after all Did we trim the tree together? I can't get the image through Cause I don't remember Christmas and I don't remember you Later on, to my astonishment, I did not feel a tug When I walked into the living room and saw that sheepskin rug All those pesky little echoes, they're all gone without a trace It was good to know I could grow unaccustomed to your face And I don't remember Easter or the rainy day we met Did we really have some good times? Come on, tell me, I forget Did I think that you were springtime? It's all vanished in the blue Cause I don't remember talking And I don't remember laughing And I don't remember wanting And I don't remember needing I do not remember April I do not remember Tuesday And I don't remember Christmas And I don't remember you I suppose that was a Christmas song of sorts. I thought it was fantastic. God, uh, God she's good, isn't she? She's I mean, fantastic. Yeah. I, I, look, I've always been a fan. You know, I've worked with her. I've known her a very long time. But I'm surprised when I heard her then, you know, that I kind of remembered how good she is. Yeah. I kind of, I think, yeah, yeah, she's great. You know, blah, blah. She's done all that stuff. But when you hear it, that incredible tone and that sort of force and the brilliance and the kind of variation and all that stuff, I mean, she's incredible. Yeah. And that song is, oh, 
Well, it's amazing. Isn't it? Great. Um, a, a few breakups at Christmas is always guaranteed. <laughs> it, can, it can be a pressure cooker of a day for families, can't it? It a, can be. A group of people who are forced together that don't really sort of necessarily see each other all year. I know. In the aim of bonhomie and good tidings. Well, see, we, in my fa- I'm the oldest of five children. And for many years, let's say for ten, I guess, in the very beginning, we'd go to my great-grandmother's, and then she died. And then we'd go to my grandmother's. And so we all had to... It was pretty Adelaide kind of stitched up. So you had to be kind of polite, you know. And they had a children's table, you know, they had an adult's table. And eventually, I think about the age of 10, maybe you graduated to the adult's table. And my grandmother, who would... I mean, they would have champagne and red and white, depending on it... And they had creme de menthe made by the monks up in the Adelaide Hills that was like rocket fuel. It was like, I hate, loathe creme de menthe. I oh, mean, yes, it's like a, a liquid peppermint crisp. Oh, mm. it, yes, like really toothpaste, you know, shocking. And um, if you liked it, this was quite good, apparently. But what my nonna would do was she would sort of, you know, smile and take a sip of champagne and then just move her. Glass and I remember those glasses that had the hollow stems. You know those beautiful champagne glasses. Yes, of course. Yeah. And I would drink it so that I get absolutely ratter because I mean she virtually drank nothing and I would drink, you know, white red or oh, champagne white red and then creme de menthe. How old were you? Oh, I don't know, ten. <laughs> Just a bully. <laughs> and of course, I took the pledge. You know, Catholics take the pledge when they get confirmed. Yeah. I will not drink. You know, until I'm twenty-one. And then when I was 14, I went to Japan and we had this fantastic kind of dinner we were at and this little, dear little, tiny little egg cuppy kind of thing. And I drank that and that was sake. Warm sake. (laughs) So I loved, loved sake ever since, but that blew that. But so we'd go there and it was all polite and all very, and then of course they died. So we had our first, my grandparents, I mean, died. So we had our very first Christmas at home, just my mother and father and the five of us, and it was an unmitigated, the most appalling. <laughs> and we didn't ever get to the turkey. I don't think we were having such terrible fights by the time before the turkey came that we were actually banished to various rooms, so that we were actually all in different rooms, and then we were fighting over who would have the dog. <laughs> we had a box of dog, so <laughs> it was absolutely shocking. So from then on, my mother invited virtual strangers every year like someone she'd meet in the street that had nowhere to go or so that everyone would not be able to fight to de-stress that yeah absolutely so that's how she dealt with it we've got better in Australia I think at defining what Christmas Day can be I mean we both grew up and our parents expected a hot lunch oh yes on that hot summer's day but now it's it's cold cuts and seafood and have and and perhaps a day at the beach yes well we used to go down the beach I mean once we'd had all the fights and the horror. We used to go to the beach with watermelon, I remember that. But but that was and it's true, it has changed a lot. I mean, when I was when I was at this time and especially at my grandparents and my great grandmothers, it was you may as well have been in London with the snow outside. Yeah. But then my mum stopped that. 
And the poor things had to be slaving over a hot stove yeah. all morning and yeah. perspiring. And well, Nana didn't. She had someone, poor creature, to do that for her. All right, the family. <laughs> <going>. <laughs> well, one of the things I love about the Christmas uh, period is the Christmas-themed cooking shows. You know, yes. Nigella and yeah, Rick me too. Stein. And you think I can do that? Yeah, don't absolutely. You yeah, you look I at that and you think I want to eat. That. I want to eat that right now, and I can do that because you're making it look so simple. And I have tried to do a few of those things. <laughs> <laughs> disastrous but it, I do I like the Christmas shows I think they're I like cooking shows don't you yeah, yeah they're great, great Rick Stein's fantastic I love Rick he's Stein he's my favourite I know he's yeah. wonderful um, have you ever been to his restaurant the no. fish one? I've never that? been either it's up on the coast alright he has a fish restaurant that has you can also stay there for the weekend or something I forget oh, what it's called isn't yeah, we'll, it? stop, we'll look it up online yeah oh well that's good we've got the bookshop in Potts Point and Rick Stein's uh, <laughs> a few restaurant. more ads they can pay us for this <laughs> God, let me think. My God. What's your favourite food at Christmas time? <gasps> mm, well, I, it, it's got to be seafood and and I, I like stuffing sandwiches. Really? Just the... Just well, the, actually, if it's nice stuffing. stuffing with pistachios and... Great stuffing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like sweet, fruity stuffing. Right. It's like... I just don't like it. But I like savoury, you know, like herby, bready nutty kind of and and have it like with toast buttered toast with stuffing because it's only a taste that you get at this time of the year i know isn't it? i know you can't because it's got all the you know goose or turkeys don't have much fat you wouldn't make it? stuffing through the year unless you're going to stuff something yeah yeah no you don't and i i do like it i mean i don't mind it when they put sort of i don't really eat pigs but i don't mind it when they put pork of, yes i love pork Yes. What about Tadakans? Have you ever had one of those? I've, I have seen one. Right. I've actually been in a restaurant where they serve one in England, and that was amazing. But what an insult as a bird to know that you're going to be stuffed inside I a know. duck that's going to be stuffed inside I know. a turkey. It's a turkey, isn't it? Yes, a duck. A turkey and then a duck and a chicken within, that's the, right. within the duck. It's kind of ridiculous. Bizarre. I know. But it tastes good. Do you know that... Uh, who, who's that wonderful guy that does all the experiments? You know. uh, Professor... Julius Sumner. No, no, no. <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. Wasn't he fantastic? He was great. No, you know, uh, you know the English cook who does... Oh, Gordon Ramsay. Yes. No, not no. Gordon. No, he just he swears. He's great, He swears. Though. He swears he's great. No, no, the one who's the inventor. Blumenthal. Oh, yes. Heston. 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 Heston does... He d Have you seen that series he did on sort of strange English kind of... No. And he did the version of the Kadakan Turducken, and he did. Oh, he does wonderful things. I love. I love. You should watch his shows. Yeah, all right, I'll Hilarious. Look at him. Because he goes into the history of, I don't know, mince pies, and and he goes right back to the start of them when you know they weren't they weren't fruit mince, for example. Yes, I love pudding. I, I like. I like a mince. good pudding. Good pudding is good. I don't like what's that stuff called that makes uh, I nearly had a liver collapse um, I, li I like cream it's not it's the other thing you have with brandy butter oh brandy, <gasps> you don't like brandy butter well I think I I, I think my innards nearly seized well, from you when I had it yeah. you can have one spoonful of yeah, that, no, that, that's all <gasps> everything nearly collapsed um, what about a tree do you have a tree every year yes and is it live or fake I've always had a live tree until the last five years I think and I had one that I grew in a big Chinese pot and it was a blue spruce. You know, those beautiful, big, Gorgeous. fat, yep. perfect ones. And I grew it for 10 years. I even took it to Melbourne with me 
when I filmed something in the air down there and I had it for so I had it for 14 years on and off and um from the moment Joe was born I got it when he was one so then we went to Melbourne when he was 10 and then we left Melbourne when he was 14 13 14 and I had to leave it with my cousin because oh. by that time it was a serious and I haven't I bet it's still I've going had, yes it is yeah. yes and I've had um since then I've had I've never had my own live one and I've had one, Joe bought me a huge one one year because he missed the other one. And since then I've had this kind of, it's like, I think it's from Mexico. I bought it maybe 30 years ago and it's kind of triangular shape and it's got charms all over it. Right. And then I hang stuff all over that. Well, as you can see, my tree is eight foot high. Yes. And, um, it's the most magnificent thing I've ever seen you know, in my life. Well, it's full of ornaments that I've collected all in my overseas travels. Yes. So uh, often I'll be travelling at Christmas time, so I'll, I'll be able to buy some sort of ornament. Otherwise, I just buy a local tidbit, trinket, and, yeah. and turn it into an ornament. That's right. It's and I give them. I give them as Christmas presents. Right. So if I, I'm giving my granddaughter her first one, and I might live twenty years more, right. so that she will have twenty that I've given her. You see. Will you put a name on it? Oh, well, she'll. I hope no. Right. I don't know. How am I going to do? Now this is quite an old one. Right. So I'm giving her because I've got. I do have a collection of. That's brilliant. I of think. old ornaments and, and what? Have, and then forevermore, whenever she decorates a tree, she'll, she'll be able remember. to remember grandma. Yeah. And it's quite a good thing. I, over the years, I've given friends, lots of friends, an ornament, and it's funny. They remember. Always remember. <laughs> Did you have a Christmas job growing up? I played Father Christmas <gasps> at the age of sixteen. My God! I had a, a cousin. Were you who, at school? Yeah, yeah, I was. Oh. I had a cousin who worked in the local Amcal chemist. Yeah, and they needed a Father Christmas to uh, be photographed with uh, various uh, customers. So um, I got the gig. Um, that was hysterical. Congratulations! I mean, well, you know what it's like when you're a young actor and you have to sort of spray on the the white, the white to be old, to look old, even though your face is as cherubic as I know. you know, unlined, unlined, sweet. And now, wow. now I'm the perfect age to play Father Christmas. Um, how old is Santa, do you think? Oh, God. Well, I reckon he's what? He 200, 150? That old? You're only thinking that old. I think, well, I think he's got to about maybe 75 and then... Oh, you mean, you mean just, yeah, yeah, just... Oh, oh, you don't yeah, mean Santa's, from when he was kind of... Well, I think Santa it, was an invention of the Coca-Cola company. That's exactly he? right. Yeah, yeah. But wasn't is, that in the... 18-something? Yeah, late 1800s. Yes, that's what I thought. So I I was thinking 100-ish. Yeah. But looking at the man, Ah. he looks to be about 75, I think. Oh, yes. 80, I I think. You mean his actual age? No, I think that's true. Would be a bit of a chore to travel around the world. Absolutely. I think it would be impossible to do. And, I mean, also you've got to look after the animals and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's hard. But he's got a staff. Well, he does, doesn't he? All those elves. Do you think... I used to wonder yeah. when I was a kid because <laughs> we used to lie on the back lawn, you know, and look up. Dad would come down from the bush. He'd spend nine months in the bush and he'd arrive. As a geologist. Yeah. As a geologist. And suddenly he'd arrive with it in a... And it was like Christmas. And it was always at Christmas when he came back. And he'd have um, a Land Rover, you know, kind of those rough versions, you know, not the ones you see <laughs> these days, and uh, the original ones. And he'd have sometimes have geckos that were hanging on the roof I remember and he'd have spears and things that Aboriginal people that he worked with had given him and and pities and 
all, all sorts of stuff. And one day he brought a dingo home with him called Suna. A couple, a, a pupple. Well, she was young. Right. But she, and she sort of, I, I forget how it happened, he'd been given her. And um, she was the most wonderful dog. She was yellow, you know, like, and she was as wild as me. <laughs> Oh, it was shocking because we lived in this, you know, you know, just near the beach in Adelaide and everything. I think she killed every chook within <laughs> He had to take her back. Three months later, he took her back to the bush and she went on to a station. She was very friendly, but she was, she couldn't help herself. And if anyone came near us, it was like, oh my God. But he, when dad came back, I, I've lost the track now because I was thinking We're about Suna. about the age of Santa. Oh, Santa. That, Yeah. How did they get onto that? I have no oh, that's right. Idea. No, we'd lie on the we'd lie on the back lawn, looking at the stars, yeah. looking at the stars, and he put down some canvas, like a you know a whatever it's called, make tents, you know, and um, and of course, so I learned the names of we all did learn the names of all the constellations and the various stars and everything, and we that doing that we saw the first Sputnik, you know, go Sputnik go across because it was going in a different direction. That's how you knew right. which one it was. And we saw the one that had Laika in it, you know, the the first dog that went into space. And we saw all sorts of things like that. And it made me think about Santa, you know, watching Sputnik and everything. And I thought, the interesting thing is that clearly it's possible to traverse the universe, you know, like, I mean, not just in a plane, but in a in another thing, like a Sputnik wasn't a plane, didn't have no, wings. In right? a sled or... Yeah, yeah, in a sled, wasn't too far. But he had to surely land in various places, not only to deliver, but to re-kind of... Fuel. Yes, and to get all more presents for the next kind of um, leg of the journey. Maybe it was a bottomless sack because... Oh, do you I think mean, that's what it was? Unless there's this franchises around the world where the, well, I, the elves are working... Well, I I did write a little essay about that because I actually did a map of the world where he could possibly land and kind of, st- you know, st- get more stores. Because the reindeers would also have to... They have to stop. They've got to eat stuff, yeah, yeah. drink and everything. And, I mean, so uh, the one that really tricked me was the to the Paci- across the Pacific. That was a worry. So I, ha- I, I had him come down through... Indonesia, you know, from no. like India, and then crisscrossy, and finally got to us. Then it is a shocking. You've got New Zealand, you can kind of cope with, but then boom, you know, well Tahiti. See, no. I didn't bother. My kind of geography was not fabulous, but I mean, so from New Zealand, I went Tahiti, the west coast of America. You see, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody's done that. I but, think- I, but I mean, that see, he had to have done that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. I think it's time to check in with another uh, Christmas guest for this episode, and it's Rhonda Birchmore. I spoke to her oh, during the week. Fantastic. Are you a, a fan of Rhonda? I'm a great fan of hers. She's great. She's someone who breathes Christmas joy all year round, I think. And, and she's fabulous all- legs. Fabulous legs, <laughs> yes. And I think that's the name of her autobiography, Legs 11. Oh, is it? Well, it should be. Yeah. Um, She's also released a song for Christmas, and I spoke to her about that, as well as a few other Christmas crackers. Here's Rhonda. Hello, new friend, Rhonda Birchmore. Oh, hello, my bestie, Peter. How are you? (laughs) You say that to all the boys. 
Oh, only the good-looking ones, the, the intelligent, good-looking ones. And uh, there's, there's, I can count those on one hand, and you're, you're right there. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, it's nice to see you again. You were a, a guest on Stages, uh, episode 144, earlier in the year, and we talked about Sugar Babies and Hot Shoe Shuffle and Mamma Mia and the Pirate Movie and Rhonda's Rewind, which was, was fabulous. I hope you're going to do a second series of that. Oh, well, I hopefully, uh, hopefully I am um, to, to uh, I mean, it was a, a glorious project through extended lockdown in Victoria. And uh, yes, I have all intention because there's so much other stuff, you know, all, all the shows I did with the production company and, and things like, uh, of course, Mamma Mia and uh, yeah, more, uh, you know, past probably uh, 2020 onwards. <laughs> Well, speaking of the production company, I know that you did uh, the musical Mame. I think that was probably one of their first uh, first shows. So, do you think we need a little Christmas <laughs> after this oh, year? We, we definitely do uh, need a little Christmas, uh, Pete. You know, in fact, uh, I was going to do a a big band album uh, before all this second lockdown in Victoria with the fabulous Jack Oil, and we were going to call it. That was the the title. Uh, we need a little Christmas because. Uh, you know, the lyric is so, uh, you know, appropriate, especially for this year, uh, what we've gone through and uh, we need a little sunshine at the end of this horrible, horrible year. And, and of course, that wonderful song, it, it, you know, with, uh, in Mame is, uh, you know, uh, perfectly uh, placed, you know, when everything, her whole world goes, you know, and, you know, with the, with the, the, the uh, stock exchange and all of that, she loses all the money. And, uh, of course, she says, you know, what do we need in the, you know, a little Christmas to kind of cheer everyone up. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I love that song. Yeah, we, we all certainly do after this, uh, this horrible year, this 2020 anus horribilis, I think you could call oh, it. Oh, my God, it's a shocker. <laughs> now, I bet you have a fabulous Christmas tree. No, I don't. You don't, you don't have a Christmas tree? Oh, Pete, I'm a bit of a, I used to uh, when we had, and I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, a, a sentimental kind of dippy downer type of, but when my mum and my dad and uh, my sister and my mother-in-law were all alive, um, we used to celebrate Christmases here uh, kind of really big, uh, you know, with the, with the traditional tree. And I've, I, they're all in boxes, all the decorations and stuff. And uh, we'd have as many as 20 people for, for Christmas. But, but now, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, um, not bittersweet, but it's, it, you know, I, I, it, I still am very, very uh, emotional uh, when it comes to, you know, Christmas uh, Day and even hearing ca certain carols that remind me of them. Um, that uh, so for the last uh, since since uh, they've passed, uh, I actually take myself uh, with my daughter and husband um, to the Gold Coast and sit by the sea, and uh, usually just have a very very you know not basic but obviously French champ obviously French champagne and uh, <laughs> some seafood, but. Uh, just a little time of, you know, reflection rather than, uh, like, celebrate the big traditional one. Yeah, Christmas certainly takes on a new resonance, doesn't it, when you've uh, lost your parents and perhaps a, a few close loved ones in the family uh, who are no longer there. It's, it's difficult to, to celebrate, but, uh, but still remember the, the spirit of Christmas. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, 
I, you know, and, and it's lovely being with friends. It, it's just, it's one of those things for me. Um, and it's only since they've gone, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, Christmas and New Year, I'm kind of going, oh, okay, give me, give me. And l last year was a perfect uh, distraction because I was in, uh, I flew to South Africa to go into the jungle on Boxing Day. So uh, I was, uh, and I was in uh, South Africa for New Year's Eve uh, on, on a safari, uh, which was uh, amazing. So that was a nice distraction. So any cockroaches on the menu this year? Well, funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny you should say um, I'm having over uh, uh, tonight um, uh, 10 of my jungle buddies for a reunion because it's, it's been nearly a year. So uh, uh, that should be quite a hoot. We'll have fun. Have fun with that. Being one of our great uh, performers in Australia, I imagine that Christmas time is been a period which has seen you working also whether it be on the stage or in concert yeah I, I mean i i love uh all the things about leading up to christmas and and i i'm one for i adore doing carols and uh and uh you know just all that wonderful thing with families and uh you know this year of course it's very very different uh i've been doing quite a few um like virtual Christmas concerts for theatres and, and, and like the city of Stonington, all the, you know, the, how we're broken up down here. Uh, uh, so I've been doing quite a bit of that, uh, which is a little bit different to, you know, I, I love the, you know, the more the people in the audience, the better. And uh, uh, this year it's, um, you know, you've got a camera and you, you're socially distanced. And I mean, I, I did one uh, last night with uh, all the rhythm section have got to wear masks and all the guys are, you know, a metre and a half apart. It's um, all a bit very strange down here. Well, I remember, uh, dare I say, growing up um, and then later on tuning into Carols by Candlelight, you were one of the highlights that I look forward to seeing every year. I mean, you seem to say everything that is Christmas. Um, so <laughs> do, do you miss doing well, Carols by Candlelight? Well, you know, Peter, you know, it was so special for me and uh, I don't know if your listeners, uh, you know, you uh, saw the incredible support when I actually revealed it uh, this year, despite me writing to them and saying how important it would be uh, because I'm celebrating 40 years and because I'm Melbourne and all of this, um, I was snub uh, snubbed. And um, I, uh, you know, there, I would understand if they gave me a reason, you know, uh, they, they, they had no reason and it's... Uh, the amazing thing for me that's come out of that is the support and love of, um, you know, uh, the people that are going, my gosh, it's, you know, like, it'd be like your gorgeous self that, you know, Christmas is, you know, Rhonda. And, uh, um, cause for so many years too, I was, um, part of the family as they called it, uh, uh, at the Maya music bowl. And, um, I mean, I'm doing quite a few other, carols this year but that that one for me this year uh, would have meant so much and uh, it's uh, and and if i may mention too it's got nothing to do with vision australia because when uh, they found out they were quite shocked too so um, they just thought it was me that didn't want to do it and i think that's probably um why i was a little you know not that vocal but i, I you know mentioned it uh 
that uh, the people just wonder where I am every Christmas Eve, you know, and now uh, they, uh, you know, know that it's, it's, it's not me. It's, um, it's one person. You have one of those people in your life that, um, you know, makes those decisions. And uh, so this year, no. <laughs> I might have to do a Rhonda's Rewind, Pete, uh, of some of my older performances or something. I don't know. That would be super, I think. Yeah, yeah, make that an episode of, of those carols, past carols performances. And we watch yeah. in July, have a, a Christmas in July. Funny you should say that. Um, if I could mention too, you know, through this whole year, uh, my, my one thing was to do this big band Christmas album, as I mentioned, called We Need a Little Christmas. And, and because of, um, you know, the, the lockdown and, and all of that, uh, we couldn't do that. So that whole project because it's very expensive. I was co-producing it with um, Jack Earl, who was the musical director, and all the charts were written, the studio booked and the musicians booked, and um, because of all of this, uh, and, and we had a, a wonderful competition going where uh, a fabulous, you know, someone was going to write a song to be on the album. The whole thing has now been transferred to next year, and I think we're probably going to launch it like a, a Christmas in July. So there you go. Watch out for that one. Well, in your own inimitable style, you've, you've embraced the Christmas spirit and recorded a Christmas classic for this 2020 season. Uh, it's a song that seems to sum up the spirit of Christmas. Tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, it, it's called I'll Be Home for Christmas. And, um, you know, the very sad thing is that a lot of people won't be home for Christmas or they won't be able to see their... Um, near and dear ones, especially if they're overseas. This song, we managed Jack Earl and myself. Uh, we didn't do the big band thing, but we managed. And this was always just going to be um, Jack on piano uh, and my vocal because I, I figured with all the, you know, so many other big swinging big band tracks, um, it would be nice for a breather just to do this simple one and uh, managed to uh, record. And I, I'm really, really, it was thrilling one and I'm really thrilled with the result of, it's heartfelt, it's simple, it's honest. Um, yeah. This, and, and, and I think it's, it's very appropriate for, for this year. And that's the perfect segue into the song, I think. Rhonda, have a, a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for, uh, for all that you've given us at Christmas time over the years. And um, here's to a good 2021. Oh, it's got to be better than this one, Pete. <laughs> Thank you so much. Much love to you and all your lovely listeners. I'm dreaming tonight of a place I love even more than I usually do And though I know It's a long road back I promise you I'll be home for Christmas of mistletoe and presents 
Beautiful. How lovely to hear her. Isn't yeah. it? I, I think she's fantastic. And I'm uh, thrilled to hear her. I mean, it's a song that I first I think I heard Ben Crosby sing. Yeah, um, me too. So it's great to hear Bonda's rendition. Yeah. Um, we've spent a lot of time at home at Christmas, but yeah. but also I've had, I know I've had a couple of Christmases in New York. <gasps> what about you? Have you had a Christmas away which is memorable? I do. I've, I've had, I had one in New York and I've had one in various places. But I, I think the first Christmas I spent in Paris was, the it was the most beautiful, because I landed and my my love at the time met me at the airport and and he had, he, I mean he gave me this big bag of the most wonderful things because he'd been travelling and and he'd uh, and he Gilles his name was Gilles, anyway we went to where he lived in the Rue Ticaton, and he lived with. He was a pied noir. He was, um, you know, Blackfoot, they called them all. the French that were born in Algeria and then had to leave when the, right. when the troubles were. And he had these two great friends, Patrick and, and his uh, girlfriend, and they were living in this little flat in a very old part of Paris, just near the, uh, um, the uh, Pompidou Centre. And um, they worked for uh, Kenzo, and so Kenzo had just opened in the Place de Victoire and I was so lucky. I mean, they would take me in and I could virtually just point it. I didn't even have to ask. I was just given all of these Kenzo things, shirts and scarves and hats and skirts and vests and jack. Uh, my entire wardrobe at this point was 
just Kenzo. There's your third plug. Incredible. No. <laughs> and, he, and he died recently, poor, poor right. darling. He died of uh, COVID. Oh, really? I know. Oh, incredible in right. Paris. Okay. Terrible. Yeah. Anyway, and I only met him like twice, but, but Patrick, my boyfriend's best oldest friend, ran the business with Mancogio Race. He was the kind of, he was the number two. So, um, but that night was Christmas Eve. I arrived in Paris on Christmas Eve and we had the most wonderful time. We went out and ate in a little local place. And in the street beside the entrance to where we lived was one of the last Chabonniers of um, Paris. You know, that was a tiny shop and all it sold was things you could burn, like coal or wood and, um, I don't know, methylated spirits and petrol and stuff like that, but also alcohol. So you could go in there and have a drink, because isn't it amazing? And um, we went to dinner and we came home, and I remember it suddenly was really silent, like there was a strange kind of quiet, you know, and looked up, of course it was snowing. Ah. And it's so wonderful, suddenly this snow. And the other, that was very beautiful. That's true too, it does tend to just goes quiet. go quiet. And Absolutely th- quiet. And it's snowing. Yeah. Yeah. And that happened in London too at Christmas. And I was living in Kentish Town in the um, fabulous flat of an old boyfriend. And um, it wasn't a flat, well, anyway. But it was a beautiful place. <laughs> and I, think you, <laughs> I think you need to play Madame Anfelt in A Little yeah, Night Music. And she's got a wonderful yeah. song called Liaison. Yes, that's a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> And this one, someone I absolutely loved, and uh, but they were in America. And so I had a lot of expats come and for Christmas I'd invited them. And I went to um, Hampstead, to the village, uh, on, on Christmas Eve. So it was dark already, but it was only four o'clock in the afternoon. So I was buying all this extra stuff. You know, I'd cook most of the whatever, but I had to buy. And I bought a huge armful of lilies, I remember, and um, a whole lot of greenery and a few other things. And they had these little bow-fronted shops, you know, that look straight out of Dickens, yeah. the little kind. And they opened the thing and it was snowing and it was Christmas Eve and I had an armful of lilies and I thought, you could have been in this tiny old Dickensian shop, you know. It was literally like the time warp. It was a wonderful. A curiosity shop. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember New York uh, being fantastic. Christmas decorations <sighs> at Fifth Avenue. And those windows and uh, unbelievable, just so <gasps> magical. Yep. You, I just remember seeing one. It was in um, in Saks. I think. No, not Saks. No, no, no. It was one of the one of the, the one of the big stores. Huge. What, was it Saks? And they had a, one whole window. It was a Christmas, and it was. It looked like there were just hundreds of white rabbits in the snow, and they had these white rabbits with pale pink inside their ears. And you thought, oh, that's really nice. When you went closer. They were all Charles Jordan's shoes. They were white satin shoes with the ears, with the pale pink lining in them. Wow, posh. It was very posh. Posh, posh. It was really wonderful. I think it's fair to say that Christmas will find us wherever we are. <laughs> um, episode 144, I spoke to a gentleman by the name of Ron Crager. Ron uh, was in Australia for about eight years, and he was the, the accompanist and musical director for Tony Lamond, as well as many other great oh. performers. So it was great to catch up with Ron again during the week. And um, he's written a, a beautiful song called Christmas Will Find Us Wherever We Are. Oh. So I asked Ron about that. Hello, Pete. Merry Christmas. 
And to you, you're speaking to us from your home in Kentucky, in the US of A. Uh, tell me what a Kentucky Christmas is like. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what this year's gonna be like. Um, Weather-wise, we've already had snow. It's frigid outside, and um, normally we try to think of everything we can do indoors. But it's, I think it's gotta be the same everywhere. A family gets together, big Christmas tree, lots of presents. Basic Christmas. Do, do you think snow makes, makes Christmas? I mean, the, the couple of Christmases I've had in the US, uh, certainly it, it does feel like Christmas to me. Having grown up in a country which celebrates the season uh, during the summer uh, and singing carols about the snow and uh, visuals of Santa at the North Pole, it, it's great to have snow, I think, surrounding you. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Those of us... <laughs> <laughs> Those of us who live in it, it's pretty for a couple days, maybe, and then it just becomes a mess. <laughs> uh, now, you were a guest on stages uh, earlier this season, which was, was lovely to catch up with you when you were... No, it was last year, wasn't it? Because you were home for a visit or, or back in Sydney. I, I like that when you say I was home for a visit. Um, <laughs> I do feel like Australia's home. Really? How long did you spend in Australia? Eight years. That's a, that's a significant amount to call it home. It, it was. And um, they even let me become a citizen, go figure. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be back one day. I certainly have the frequent flyer points to get there if I can ever get there. <laughs> we had the, uh, well, I had the great fortune of working with you while you were, were in Sydney. We did a little cabaret show. And uh, you introduced me to a song that you wrote, a Christmas song. Yeah, I, a dear friend of mine, Tina Tassina, and yes, that's her name. Uh, we met at an ASCAP songwriters workshop, and that would be the equivalent of the Australian APRA. Anyway, we hit it off and became dear friends and actually became roommates. And while we were roommates, decided to write a Christmas song every year for our Christmas card and we were kind of taking our cue from Alfred Burt who had done the same thing back in the 50s anyway we did it for several years and one year we happened to be in Hawaii in late November and we still had to write the song and well Tina looked out the window and saw this year it's palm trees and warm ocean breezes and that became the start of the song Christmas will find us wherever we are yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song. Um, I fell in love with it straight away. And we managed to have it recorded uh, this year by a vocalist by the name of Lauren Schmutter, who is based in Albury, Wodonga. And uh, we can play it for the listener today. That's great. You know, she did a beautiful job of it. I swear it sounds like a Disney character. And I mean that in a nice way. Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly exactly what you mean. So uh, we're going to listen to your your terrific Christmas song. Thanks, Ron, for joining us from Kentucky. All the best. Have a beautiful Christmas. And uh, let's hope 2021 is much better than this year. Your mouth to whoever's in charge. (laughs) Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Pete. Merry Christmas. This year it's palm trees and warm ocean breezes The next may be snowfall and even some sneezes Nobody knows where 
Jet plane can put half the planet behind us In this tiny new world Home can change any day But wherever we live Love is not far away At home or afar Each of us has a star And Christmas will find us wherever we What a beautiful voice. I can't believe it. It's it's hard to think that she's not been someone that we've been watching for years, you know, in musicals and things. Absolutely. And and it's a beautiful song that Ron has composed. Um, and so sensitively uh, sung by Lauren Schmutter. Um, so well done, Loz. Um, I've known her since she was a little girl in Ballarat and she comes oh, really? from a terrific family of voices, the, the Von Hill family singers. Um, hello like the to, Von Traps. Yeah, like the Von Traps. Hello to Mama Liz, who has also been a guest on stages, and to Tiny Toll, who keeps offering himself as a guest on stages. <laughs> uh, thanks, Toll. Um, happy Christmas to you all. Uh, Lauren's now based in Wodonga and is a much sought-after teacher. So you can check out her studio at bordershowbizacademy.com. If you're in the Border District, look up Lauren. Um, two things that Ron Craig I forgot to mention when I was talking to him, and he, he relay, relayed them to me uh, later on in a follow-up email, was first that Ron's birthday is Christmas Day. Do you know many people who have Christmas Day as their birthday? I've only ever met one. Right. 
I, and they said, I said, is it awful because you only get one lot of presents? They said, no, they... They enjoyed it, they? Well, they thought that it was only Christmas Day because of them. <laughs> so you, you'd feel a you bit know, cheated, wouldn't you? Well, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, but they, the one that I met, they didn't mind. They thought it was... They thought they were generously sort of sharing their birthday with the world kind of thing. Oh, good. So happy birthday to Ron Craig for yeah, tomorrow. Happy, happy birthday. birthday, Ron. Happy birthday. Um, and the rest of the story was that Ron was a dear friend of legendary singer Helen Reddy, who we also oh, lost this yeah. year. Yes, I know. A stellar very artist. Very sad. And when Ron and Tina showed the song to Helen to get her opinion, she advised them to lose the reference to the baby. Jesus. So the lyric went from like Bethlehem's babe, each of us has a star, to at home or afar, each of us has a star. So there you go. So I think it's a Christmas song. Well, it is a song. They're a Christmas carol. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think if you remove the baby, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Christmas it's like song. Throwing out the bath water, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want for Christmas, Kate? <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, the list is endless. Have you been naughty or nice? Will Santa find you? I've been quite good, I think. I've been quite nice. I've been quite boring. I mean, I would like to win Lotto, and then I could make everybody's happy. That'd be nice. Everyone's life happy. But what do I want for Christmas? I think I just want to have a good time. I want next year to be better. Yeah, and let us get over this this COVID pandemic as soon as possible. And I'm dying for Biden to be president the pandemic over, we all get our injections. We yeah. can all go back to... To living life as, uh, yes. hopefully, as it was. Or and as I think it's wonderful it. that people in this country have been looking after each other the way they have. Yeah. And that we're very lucky. I think it's been a shocking year. And it's about to end. Yeah. Well, thank you, dear listener, for, for sticking with stages throughout the year. Um, who would you like to hear in season four? Uh, that's during 2021. Drop us a line at stagespodcastpete at gmail.com or through the stages um, Instagram and Facebook socials. It'd be great to hear who you would like to hear in 2021. Any suggestions, Kate? Well, I promise I, I won't come back you? unless they beg me. Oh, I, 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 I think that today's been Christmas themed. I think that you've got a lot more to say um, I have. that we got can, we can pick up from, from the last book. Um, thanks to everyone for your messages and reviews throughout the year. It's much appreciated. And uh, it's going to be a new look podcast in 2021. When we're back in March, we're going to have uh, oh. the summer break of uh, January and February. I've got new branding, new theme. How exciting. Music. I'm thrilled for you. It's I think it's exciting. a wonderful thing. I love. I absolutely love it. What, what I love think? everyone that's been on it. I love remembering people that I'd forgotten. I remember, you know, I mean, not really forgotten, but there have been so many years that I've kind of, you know how you, people drift away from yeah. you. And suddenly they were back. They're back in, yeah. And I, I love that about it. Well, it's been a treat having you back at the mic. Oh, thank you. Uh, many listeners said they, as I said, adored your first podcast, so wanted to hear more. <laughs> um, so perhaps we'll record Act 2 sometime. Okay. All right. All right, I'll think up something interesting. Thanks, everyone. Have a jolly Christmas and a super new year. We'll be back in March 2021. Keep warm. Keep well, and I'll catch you then. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, everyone.